Welcome to episode one of Getting to Know You, a podcast from the students of the MA Radio, Audio and Podcasting course at the University of Sunderland. My name is Mitch Stevenson and I'm from Dunbar in Scotland. And my name is Robert Wilson-Baker and I'm from Newcastle. In this short series, you'll be hearing from all of us as we get to know each other, whilst we get to know the city in which we find ourselves. It's all new for us and perhaps for you as well. So let's get started. So this is episode one of the Getting to Know You podcast, and this is a chance for us as MA students to get to know each other, but also get to know Sunderland as a city. Now, Mitch, I noticed um, when we met a couple of weeks ago, a very strong accent that's not from around here. Um, But you are, I guess, are very familiar with the city in more ways than one. My introduction to Sunderland was actually about 20 to 25 years ago when I used to come down and visit the city for the purposes of watching Sunderland FC at the Stadium of Light. I wouldn't put you down as a Sunderland supporter at all. As a Scotsman, and as a traditional Scotsman being a tight Scotsman, we used to get free tickets. We used to come down and get free tickets because a friend of mine, a lovely guy, his sister worked at the hospitality at the Stadium of Light. I would would say it was an annual pilgrimage, but it wasn't actually because we came down about two or three times per season. So yeah, that was my first ever time in Sunderland. Particularly, I remember one game, and this is the game that really stands out for me. It was a local derby. Their friends over the hill in Newcastle were coming in to rampage the city that day. As a Scotsman and as a person who's witnessed local derbies in Scotland, particularly the Rangers-Celtic derby, I thought that that was probably the most feisty of derbies in football. What I witnessed that day was a remarkable piece of anger, vitriol, tribalism. Between both parties, the Mackhams in one corner and the Geordies in the other. And I remember standing at the entrance to the stadium watching a motorcade come over the hill like a marauding army of black and white. And they came over with police escorts, the team bus, but also accompanied by the troops of supporters in the various buses. It was like a convoy being escorted into a foreign land. I can just imagine from you speaking there about how that must feel. And was that at the time when the Stadium and Light had been built? It was a remarkable stadium. I'd obviously experienced some excellent stadiums in my football journeys of various countries and, and, and places. But certainly, you know, the Stadium of Light, I can only assume at that time, was still relatively new. So it was good coming into a stadium you knew was going to be bouncing with supporters goading each other. It was a remarkable experience. One thing I will say that wasn't good about it, though, was the score, because it was nil-nil. There was no goals that day, and that was the only thing that was missing. I couldn't think of anything worse. The thing about that, though, is that equality means that nobody wins. Nobody had bragging rights at the end of the game. The Mackhams hadn't won, the Geordies hadn't won. The Geordies get back in their buses and drove back over that hill and went away again. You know, they weren't celebrating that they'd won and neither were the Sunderland fans. So, if anything, it probably prevented possible escalation of hostility between both fans.
so when you came back last year because this is your second year back in the city what was it like coming back and seeing the stadium and light lots changed in life especially in football i think the interesting thing for me is because when i was coming into sunderland last year for the first time I came in from a different side. I came in from the the west of the city. It was only when I got further into the city that I saw the stadium of light up on the hill next to the river and that was how I remembered it. Because the last time we'd got the train down and we'd got the metro from Newcastle out to Sunderland. So we got off almost where we are now at St Peter's campus and walked around the corner. So I came into the stadium of light from a different perspective. But once I saw the stadium, all the memories of that day. I was actually thinking that the road that I was actually on now would have been the road that the Newcastle fans had come into the stadium that day. I was on the same path, doing the same journey as people coming into Sunderland, although my reason was totally different. And there's something about memories that I think is quite important, where as soon as you get a smell or a sight of something, it literally just flashes you back. So that must have been quite empowering, especially when you came back. Circumstances were totally different, obviously. You know, the the times that we're talking about a generation and gap between being in Sunderland for the first time and coming back again. I think Sunderland always, in Scotland anyway, is always seen as a poor neighbour to Newcastle. Newcastle is a focal point for people from Scotland to come and enjoy hospitality in the northeast. They don't really come to Sunderland, which is a shame. I think that's changing. I think so, and I think one of the things that I remember, particularly where we stayed that night, the first time we came down, was down at Roker, and we stayed in a bed and breakfast, and I can remember getting up in the morning and looking out and seeing the beach. But again, that was another memory of actually seeing the beach for the first time and thinking, my goodness, Sunderland has actually got more to offer than I actually thought it had. We're talking about our first experiences of Sunderland and actually coming back to Sunderland stirs up some great memories of that previous occasion. So Robert, can you tell me a wee bit about what your first memory of Sunderland is and how coming back to the city has reignited those memories? Well, it's interesting to say coming back to the city. I don't think I've necessarily ever been away from Sunderland. Obviously, living in Newcastle or just outside of Newcastle on the coast in a place called Colourcoats. Beautiful place, but that's not what we're here to talk about. I think it's one of those things that I've always seen Sunderland as something that I could always go back to. I've got friends over here. I do a lot of stuff in the surrounding areas before I came to uni. And obviously the Empire is something that has been a constant theme in my life, being a thespian, going to see theatre. The Empire is something that has been a prominent figure pretty much all my life. From the age of about nine, I started performing in the touring shows like Joseph for Bill Kenwright, who, if you are a football fan, he's the Everton chairman. And one of the things that I didn't realise until we were talking about it in sort of our pre-chat to this that wasn't my first memory of Sunderland my first memory of Sunderland and I was talking about this with my mum and my first memory of coming to Sunderland would be coming to meet my stepdad well my I, I like to call him my dad because he's been in my life pretty much since I was born and he is from Sunderland and it's interesting, we sit here, as we've been telling you, um, in St. Peter's, at the St. Peter's campus. My dad used to work at the Glass Centre. And I can remember going to the Glass Centre when I was younger. I can remember going to my, my stepdad's old house before he 
moved over to to us at Color Coats, and they, it, it wasn't until going back to those memories it makes me feel a bit um, a bit emotional. I don't know why, but it's like I I totally forgot about those, and it's like you totally forget. That. And I can also remember, I think, playing on a computer for the first time and, and going on um, CBeebies and playing games on CBeebies because that's how much of a kid I, I am still, probably. But I think you don't realise those memories of your childhood until you, you're forced to go back to them. So what is it about the Empire that is so special? You've mentioned about these experiences of, of being on stage there but what is it now about the empire that holds that affection for such a, a place and sort of such a, an institutional building in the city well there's no place like it mitch i think it's classified as the west end of the northeast it's the biggest theater between liverpool and edinburgh it's two thousand seats uh, you get smaller theaters in the west end in london and it's interesting that's such a theatre that has actually gone over quite a few changes in its lifetime is seen in such high regard. I mean, you get some of the biggest shows that can't fit into other theatres, like Newcastle, for example. Um, so Wicked is only comes to Sunderland. Uh, Miss Saigon only comes to Sunderland. Lion King will only come to Sunderland because it can only fit in Sunderland because that's the, the way the, the, the backstage works. It's got a big backstage area. They were very kind to let me go and have a tour. Um, I think it's like 2016 I went. And the fly rig could hold a ton, and there's 49 lines that can hold the equivalent weight of 49 cars. Wow. And that tells you how rigorous the, the, the staging is to get that level of scenery in so you can get those big shows that just play and i was interviewing someone from one of the touring shows and they always call it a big barn because it literally is this giant roaring place as soon as you hear a, a applause or a standing ovation it's just it just carries and i think that's what makes people happy applause and hearing laughter and hearing a sense of involvement that I think is is vital to our lives really. Let's bring things together now and the same purpose and reason that we're sitting in this building today and that is because we are students at the University of Sunderland. Now when I was first here this this area that we're in now wasn't completely different but the building we're sitting in just now wasn't here so you know what changes have you seen in this locality in the time that you've been coming to Sunderland well I think the biggest thing is seeing the city centre come back to life I think no matter where you've been Mitchell I think you can probably say the same from your homeland from we Scotland <laughs> uh, one of the things I think was damaging about 10-15 years ago was the credit crunch obviously we've got some big fantastic shopping centers but there's nothing like the city center the nightlife has changed massively in Sunderland especially becoming a student and I'm not someone that would go out and enjoy the nightlife because that's not me necessarily but you speak to people you speak to people on your courses I mean I've done three years of an undergrad here and people always talk about Gatsby's Ponic revolution things like that and you get to know 
the city because it's such a small city centre with such a wider community you get to know places a lot more I think for me one of the things that I particularly notice in a change perspective is the harbour area is the walkway the, the, the sculpture walk I've been really enthralled by spending time down at the river and watching the progression the change although I haven't been parted previously I didn't see much of it but just being here is a pleasure. You sit at the river, yeah. you watch people's lives go by, you listen to the sounds of the harbour, you listen to the sounds of the cars crossing the bridge. All of this just comes into this lovely oral experience. And I think we're seeing a change now since we're coming out of whatever way you want to describe it. If you're post-pandemic or you're still in the midst of the pandemic, we're opening up their life is coming back into the city which i absolutely love and it's just nice to see people going places doing things and just enjoying it and seeing sunderland especially in the city center rising from the ashes you know sunderland's gone through a lot of changes you're going to hear across this podcast series and it's just interesting to see it rising in front of our very eyes Thanks for listening to this episode of Getting to Know You. It was produced by Mitch Stevenson and Robert Wilson-Baker at the University of Sunderland. Our music is from Upbeat.io and you can find more episodes at gettingtoknowyou.sounder.fm. Listener.